Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message. Because this Frank thing, y'all, at first I was like, I didn't know how I was going to do this Frank thing. And so... If you see me on my phone, if I'm not talking to my team, it's because I'm texting the link, YouTube link, to people in my contacts. Now, can they go on YouTube and subscribe? Subscribe? Yes, they can, but they don't. So it only takes a second to share a link. And then I noticed that when I started sharing, one of my cousins, (laughs) we didn't go live, and so I sent them a message saying, no live today. And she was like, well, I was just saying, I'm waiting on my link. And I was like, okay, all right. That means, you know, she's been watching, and then it's been making a difference. I've been hearing some of my family talk about God more, right? People that didn't talk about God, now they're talking about God, and they're talking about prayer. Learn how to celebrate the little stuff. Because you can drag them in here, but if they're not ready and they don't want it, but when, they, when their language changes, right, when their attitude changes, they talk about, you know, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that. Celebrate the little things. And so this, and so, you know, I'm really appreciative of that. And how dare I even think about leaving this place when it's not about me. And I understand that now because of what they're instilling in us is affecting my family. It's affecting my son. So if I get offended, guess what? I got to get over it because I'm not going to disconnect myself because I can't risk the souls of my family. Try not to look at them because it would not be good. So the series that Pastor just finished is Later Than You Think was a really good series. Not a feel-good one. (laughs) We didn't feel good, but it was necessary for right now. Because it's imperative that you understand the necessities right now of sound doctrine. Because everybody that got a microphone got a platform. You go to Best Buy, get your ring with your lighting, make sure you're lighting good. You get one of these, and you can say whatever you want, and people are drawn to it not knowing that that person leading them straight to hell. We shouldn't be listening to more people on TikTok than you listening to your pastors. I'm sorry, I'm in your business already. Because your life and the life of your family and those you're called to reach need what you have. They need what you take advantage of. They need what you take for granted. Talk to some of your friends that go to church every Sunday and see if they got the same experience that you have. Check their growth. And the lives of those that you don't even know watching you depends on you. In Pastor's last series, he talked about Controlling your vessel. And the way people act right now, it's real easy not to control your vessel. But are you willing to give up your witness and your character for a moment that might feel good? And might be even warranted. But do you think about what you'll lose in that moment? So I was in a um, parking thing not too long ago, and this lady was trying to pull out, right? She couldn't see because the vehicle next to her was so big. She couldn't see that a guy stopped the traffic because she's trying to back out. Now, she don't have a right of way, but I see the traffic on the other side, so I stop because he stopped. So we can let her out, and she got a kid in the back that's not strapped because the little girl was standing on the window like that. Right? So I stopped. We all stopped to let her out. And that woman looked at me and called me out my name. And I said, okay, all right, all right. Because I want you to think about how people react now, saved and unsaved. 
So you're going to call me out my name. So I'm going to get out my car and let you know who you're talking to or who you better not be talking to. Now, somebody pulls out their phone and see me acting a fool and traumatizing this little girl in the back, and I lose my job and my livelihood. Because you know what the headline's going to say? Elder and ex-Marine. Y'all know how they do. Even though, let me fix that. There is no such thing as an ex. All right? Get that straight. No form and no ex. But that's what the headline would have say. And I would have lost my government job because I felt like I needed to tell her, look, lady, I'm trying to help you out. Don't you see this traffic right here? And I'm going off and somebody recording and then they post it and my boss see it. Because see, in my job, we got a code of conduct. You better not get out there and act a fool. You won't have your job. And they'll say, oh, see, that's why I don't go to church. I thought you was an elder. I saw you preach. How you going to act like that? Okay. So I believe that who you are connected to and where you are connected should reflect in you. Where are we? Y'all know the name of y'all church? <laughs> I know we in Ephesus, but right now this is Kingdom Life Sanctuary. Okay? So does your life reflect a kingdom life? Because it's who you connected to. We advance in God's kingdom one life at a time. So, but has, I'm going to ask you this. So has your life advanced at all since you've been connected here? Does it show when you're out there? Okay. Y'all remember, I'm over the parking lot. I know that ain't true for everybody. But I'm going to let you have that one. So if you are connected to kingdom life and we advance in God's kingdom one life at a time, then your life should reflect that. Why are you still struggling? The resource center come up here all the time and tell you about these CDs all the time. Everything you need is in this house. Every word that you need is in that resource center. Now, some of them are older, so they're not on the social media platform, so you're going to have to get a CD and a CD player. Amazon got some really cute ones, y'all, for real. Because you can't keep coming in here, eating this word, and then throwing it up when you get in the parking lot. Spiritual anorexia. That was free because that's not in my notes. It don't take that long if you're willing to give it up. So when you hear people say, what do you struggle with? I don't struggle with nothing. Because when God revealed it to me, it might hurt. But sometimes you got to give it up. So how bad do you want it? But what are you willing to do to get it? Because you're going to have to make a choice. Who are you going to live for? If you say you belong to the kingdom of God, can we see that? Now, everybody's in different stages. We get that. But I'm going to talk about me. As old as I am, I should still not be crying about what my mother did to me at 58. Yeah, I'm 58. God's a preserver, y'all. This would no stress look like. Learn some boundaries. <laughs> Saints, y'all need to learn how to say no with a smile and be all right about it. I shouldn't still be crying about that. Not that there's not a residual effect. Those are the things that I let God deal with. But I'm still not blaming her for my life or my choices. So it's been a little over a year since I've been up here, since I was a little nervous. But when I reflect back, it's only been, it's almost been 14 months to the day that I've been up here. Not mad about that because I understand 
timing, right? And I understand process. Because even though, you know, you don't stop growing because you got a title, because nobody ever arrives. You should always be growing. And the minute you say, I don't need no more of that, I'm, I'm good. That's a lie. Because you should never stop growing. And so there was some growing that I needed to do. Not in a bad way, just I needed some more growth. And sometimes we go through stuff so we can talk to you about it. Our life is not about us because sometimes we go through because there's somebody you connected to that will understand or you can relate to. They can minister to anything. But when you talk to somebody like me that's been molested and been over it and God delivered me and healed me and all that kind of stuff, they can tell you, well, this is who you need to talk to. And then I can talk to you some on another level that maybe they have not experienced. But don't get it twisted. They can minister to you about anything even though they haven't gone through it. Because that's, that's their assignment. So God gives them all the wisdom that they need. So, but when I reflect back on the 14 months, when I got, before I got up in this pulpit, somebody betrayed me in a text. And when I got up here, people thought I was emotional because I was about to deliver the word. But the truth was that I was hurt and angry. But I had to pray about it. I told, I text Elder Dale, I had to pray about it because I had an assignment. But I also know that the person that texted me by mistake, that was for me. She's like, I didn't mean that. I said, no, you didn't. But God meant because I needed to know who you, you going to sit in my house and eat my food and talk about me. Not after that meal I paid for. <laughs> so, this can't just be a check in the box for you. At some point, you have to make this your lifestyle. The same pe person you see up here is the same person I met if you're at my house. Maybe a little sillier, depending on my relationship with you. But you have to decide, this just can't be something you do. It has to become who you are. This is not something I do. This is who I am. And not one person or circumstance can make me turn away from it. Now, Pastor, I say this, I give this credit to him. Somebody else said this, but he imparted this to me, so I give him the credit. And y'all hear him say this all the time. Your response is your responsibility. So when life is happening to you, what is your response? Because what I've learned is, regardless of what's going on and how I feel on the inside, I have to control my vessel. Now, I got a short testimony, and I'm only going to give you the highlights. In June, my car got stolen from my job. I walk out, and the funny thing is, I knew where I parked my car, and I went, somebody in my parking spot. I said, maybe I parked on the wrong floor. So I went to the other floor, wasn't there. I went up to the guy at the booth because he knows me because I've been driving to work a lot. And I said, did you tow my car? And he said, no. I said, my car is missing. So I called Pastor AJ. I'm, I'm emotional. He calmed me down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. So because I know that I'm, I'm conscious of the people that are around me. And I wear this all the time. See that right there? Don't wear this while you acting a fool, for real. <laughs> Spin it to the back or something. <laughs> and so the man, I'm talking to the manager of the garage, and he says, um, so, ma'am, what do you drive? And I said, I drive a, um, I told him what I drove, black on black, blah, 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 because they're not paying me no money. So how about that? Uh -huh. So, and then he said, y'all, listen to his question. He said, ma'am, do you have Hampton University tags? Yeah. He was already looking at my car because they tailgated out. Y'all know what that is? When two people ride out on one ticket. And so I had to call the cop. So the cop came and he said, ma'am, did your, 
did you park, did you just forget where you parked your car? And I'm looking at him like, dude, this, today is not the day. And I said, no, I didn't. And then he talked to the manager, and I'm going to tell y'all what, there is nothing more violating than watching somebody speed off in your car. So violating. So he took my report, and then this is what he said. There's a lot of this going on. Um, he said, how much gas do you have? I said, I got a full tank. <laughs> he said, they're going to ride around, commit other crimes, and when they're done with it, they're just going to leave it on the side of the road. And that's exactly what they did. It took me months to get my car back. And, you know, we praying. And I said, you know what, Pastor? I don't want a new car. I want mine back. But the condition that I got it back. So here's the thing. So I live in Stafford. In case y'all don't know that, I don't live here. I live in Stafford, and I work in D.C. So I had to figure out a way to get home. So the cop was like, you know, I can drop you off in Arlington. I was like, that's not doing me no good. But I thank you. For, I appreciate it. But I'm going to get on this metro because I need to wrap my head around the fact that my car is gone. And so I'm conscious of everybody that I'm dealing with because really what, do, what good would it have done for me to fall apart? And if you ever never had a car stolen, and I pray you don't, there's a lot of phone calls to be made. So I get on the metro and then when I get in the Uber, because I take the Uber from Springfield home, yep, that cost me too. And I said, do you mind if I make phone calls? Wow. We're in the car. I'm asking for permission. So I'm calling the insurance company and everything. And he turned around and he said, you real calm for somebody that got a car stolen. And I said, well, I don't have that luxury to fall apart right now. I got, I got business to handle. I said, and besides, my pastor says, your response is your responsibility. But it does me no good to get angry and throw a fit and beating him and cussing him out and cussing the cop out. And it's not the cop's fault. It's not the garage's fault. And the funny thing, y'all, I was reading Job when this happened. <laughs> so I really didn't really talk about it because, one, I didn't need unsaved folks saying, well, where's your God and isn't he your protector and why your angels wasn't watching over your car? I don't need that because I'm trying to control my vessel. I didn't need that. I didn't tell, you know, save friends, because sometimes they don't say, sometimes you need to learn how to listen and don't say nothing. Because the conversation here and the conversation up in here, not the same. I'm like, oh. so, and I didn't complain to God, because I didn't want God to turn around and say, well, where was you when I was making the sun and putting the moon and creating the ocean? I said, I'm not complaining to God. So what do you do? Man, they was getting tickets in my car. My, my, the cheapest ticket was 100 bucks. I'm getting letters from the DMV in D.C. I'm like, what the world? I opened it up. There's my car on the road just flying through these lights and stuff, getting tickets. And I had to go to a hearing. Now, it don't do me no good to go to DMV and go, my car got stolen and you don't understand. And why I got this ticket? Take care of this. With this on. So after I calmed down and settled on, you know what, Lord, I just want it back. When they done, whatever they do, just give me my car back. And then I went about my life. You need a rental car? Nope. Don't need a rental car. I'm good. But when I settled down, I just said, life happens. Because life does happen. The word says that we, it rains on the just and the unjust. And when I read that scripture, the Lord showed me a neighborhood and showed me rain on this neighbor and not rain on that neighbor. I said, well, that's silly. We all experience the same thing. Tomorrow, I would have lost one of my best friends two weeks ago. You at work? I said, what? And everybody, I was at work and they was like, why are you at work? I said, what you want me to do? You want me to sit at home and eat cookie dough ice cream and what? What do you want me to do? If there's a service, I'll let you know. But why am I going to sit home for nine hours when I can be at work and be productive? Because I know me. And I know that the way that I grieve offends because you expect me to fall apart, and I didn't. Am I sad? Yes. Did I cry? Yes. I'm not saying that if, you know, you get more emotional that you're wrong. 
Just know that that's not everybody's story. But it made people uncomfortable. Because we all experience death. We all experience pain. We all experience laughter. We all have histories. Life has happened to all of us. It's how you react as a believer. I'm going to tell you what the Uber guy said. I said, uh, oh, don't worry. I, I already know what I'm going to do to her when I get her back. She's going to have new rims. I'm going to get it painted. I'm going to do all this stuff to it. And he said, like getting a haircut after a trauma. I said, yep, exactly. <laughs> Y'all know how we do. Just come in. You got a new dude. You got new clothes. Got a new attitude. Dying on the inside. But you got a smile on your face and you look good. Because the first thing that I've learned to do is self-examination when something happens. When my best friend died, God showed me three circles as it relates to the people in my life. I have friends, close friends, best friends. Y'all notice how that circle got smaller? Because you need to know where these people are in your life. I don't, I'm not saying call them and say, look, this is what the Lord showed me. You're not in that circle. You're my friend, but you're not my close friend, and you're not my best friend. That's not what I'm saying. You have to know who and what people mean to you. Because that person that betrayed me last year, we good. Because we're not that tight. Because what I had to learn was when, when relationships happen and they don't always last, and thank God when they do, this is what I ask myself. Do I love you enough to pursue that? See, because I don't do drama. I don't do that woman thing. We don't do that. So because my friend that passed, we used to have this conversation all the time. We do stuff for each other. And so her family was telling her the reason why I do it is because she's my welfare case. And I do it because I've arrived and I make myself feel better. So this was my response to her. First, you need to stop telling me what your family says about me. Second of all, um, if you don't like what I do for you, because see, this is how me and my friends are. I gave my friend a bag this morning for no reason at all, because that's what we do. I said, now, if you don't want, look, this is what me and my friends do. I ain't got nothing to do with you and your people over here. But if you don't like it, save me some money and tell me now. I love when people save me money. If I call you up and you don't say you don't want to go on a cruise, okay, see ya. Won't ask you again. Thank you for saving me money. So let's talk about life. So when I was doing research, when I was doing research, life was defined as a way or manner of living. And then I found natural life, which is the sequence of physical and mental experiences that make up the existence of an individual the period from birth to death, a specific phase on earthly existence. Then I found spiritual life, which is a life lived in a relationship with God. And something I had never seen before was a triumphant life, the Christian life, the life that God wants for his people. And then, of course, we all heard of eternal life, which is the everlasting life, life with God. So this ministry gives you a world view and a word view. That last message was a word view. So you'll know what's going on in this world. And not just what the people on the Internet are telling you what's happening. 
Because sometimes, do y'all know there's profit and panic? There's profit and panic. Because if I make you feel unsafe, because I remember being in a beauty salon, and um, it was something had happened to some women or whatever, and this guy was in the, in the beauty shop peddling um, these uh, devices that you put on your knuckles. They look like cat ears, but you put them on your knuckles, you can stab people. And the women was buying them. Because whatever was going on, he knew if I come in there and I talk about that story and I make you panic, you'll buy this. You might not use it, but you'll buy it. Because it's profit and panic. And there's also an agenda. So, you know, people calling me about the, about the, um, about the shutdown. I said, sound like free leave to me. <laughs> you can't make me panic with that. Because in this house, every year we have a financial workshop. And I don't know why it's not overflowing with people. But we shouldn't be struggling with finances in here at all. And it, don't worry about if you weren't taught how to budget. That's fine. That's what we do here. Because we want you to succeed. And we don't want you to struggle. So when they asked me about the shutdown, I said, oh, when I got paid, I paid every bill for the month of October. Bring on the shutdown. Give me my leave back because I'm about to go on leave. Give it back to me. Every bill for the whole month of October was paid on Friday, between Friday and Saturday. Including my tithe, including what I sow, including my last installment on my building fund. Now, I haven't always been this way. I haven't always been this way. I had to learn, and it was difficult. Adulting ain't easy. Being responsible ain't fun. When I got all this money and I want to just do whatever I want to do, you can't do that. So somebody put on the internet, what do um, broke people always buy? And everybody was putting, you know, cigarettes and beer and all that kind of stuff. And I put, y'all know I put them tickets on there, right? <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all part of the hive? Okay. It was funny. <laughs> It was a joke, y'all laugh, it's funny. It was funny. I'm not selling no organ for that, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what it would've cost me, because I don't do cheap seats, so. So Matthew 5 and 45, it says, in the way you will be acting as true children. Oh yeah, go ahead, why? Woo! Woo, spirit hands, okay. Go Phoebus, anyway. So uh, in that way, you'll be acting as true children for your father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. In part two of Pastor AJ's series, It's Later Than You Think, he talked about having new habits, new attitudes, and new practices. Y'all remember that? Have you, have you done anything different than what you've done before? You don't have to answer. It's all, it's good. It's good. See, some people get points. I ask questions to provoke you to love and good works. New habits, attitudes, and practice. So I had to do a self-examination and say, what can I do different than I'm already doing right now? Because as I said before, there's no reason to struggle. There's too many messages. Let's see, blueprint, that was a good one, y'all. And God we trust, you got trust issues? Okay, because you know God not like people, right? Okay, great. You got trust issues. Ooh, stretch. This was a good one. You, you want to you wanna hurt in a good way? Get this right here. In a good way, in a good way. Under construction. Because many of us, we're still under construction. Because this thing, you know what, y'all? I got some more. This thing don't have to be as painful as we make it. Why do we make this walk so painful? Because you want to hold on 
to things you don't need to be holding on to. Because trust me when I tell you, I used to wake up every day and ask myself, is today the day I'm going to take my life? Because I lived in pain from a child. When I first got to my first duty station, my pain was so evident by the people that I work with, they allowed me to go to counseling. And I talk about anything and everything. You want to talk about the baby I got? I, I aborted? We can talk about that. You want to talk about the abuse from my house? We can talk about that. You want to talk about my daddy leaving? We can talk about that. We can talk about me being molested and all these nasty people in my family that put their hands on me. But don't mention my mother. I would completely shut down. Session over. We're not talking about her. So they sent me to a hypnotherapist because I wouldn't talk about my mom. First session, you know, they do all those stuff, breathing exercises, and the lady said, I want you to imagine yourself when you was five years old. So I'm looking at myself. She said, what are you doing, Donna? I said, I'm crying. She said, why are you crying? I said, that's all I ever remember doing. It's crying. And she said, okay, so walk over to yourself, give yourself a hug, and say it's okay. That's when the session ended. That was too deep. Ask me, did I go back? No. Because I wasn't ready for that one. We're not talking about her. You can talk about it. And I used to tell them, we can talk about anything. Just don't, talk, just don't bring up my mom, and we're good. Holding on to the pain because I didn't want to deal with it. Because it was too painful to deal with it. I don't want to talk about that. Leave me alone. So what I added to my practice was I listened to whatever Sunday service from uh, Monday when it's released from media all the way through Saturday. Oh, I miss a few days, but I don't beat myself up for that. But I get this word every day on top of reading, on top of praying, on top of worshiping. What's it going to hurt? Because we're dumping all this other junk. Why not listen to the word? Something that's going to heal, deliver, set you free, give you a better life. Because life's going to happen. And what you going to do when there's nobody there? What's going to happen when you call and pastor don't answer? He'll answer eventually, but at that moment, what if nobody answers the phone? Do you have enough in you to call on, word, on, the, on God? Do you know what to say? If you was about to take your last breath, do you know where you're going? Is it going to take God to put you in a position to show you where you're going for you to change? Because I've been there, and I'm going to tell you what, that's not pretty. And when I almost lost my life in Okinawa, Japan, he showed me the first time exactly where I was going. And I didn't have to fall all the way. I know I ain't see no light and I ain't see no family members. I was falling. I sat up in that room and told everybody they needed to get saved. I had ice from here to my feet, ice bags, because I had 106 temperature. And I sat up in there because I knew where I was going. Because you know what I kept doing? I kept saying, Lord, next week, next week, I'll do it next week. I'll give my life next week. And I collapsed on a Friday. And I didn't have enough God in me to call on the name of the Lord. And I knew what was happening in that room before it happened. Even when I tried to change what I was going to say, I said it. And when I started trying to say the Lord's Prayer, y'all, I couldn't even remember that. And then I gave up because I said, just do it. And they said, who are you talking to? I said, I'm not talking to you. I said, all right, look, I had my chance. I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't. I know you wanted me to. Just do it. And I sat up. I told everybody to get saved, and I fell backwards on the gurney, but I kept going. Y'all know what that means, right? I kept going. And he showed me long enough 
The second time I collapsed was different because I was in Christ by then. I called on the name of the Lord and my eyes closed and they thought I went into a coma and I didn't. The Lord was showing me things in my life. And at the end of it, he said, you're going to be okay. Your son going to be okay. And when I came out of it, I was in ICU with two IVs and a tube in every place in my body. They had called my mom and told her I wasn't going to make it. When the ministers from the church in Okinawa came, I was sitting up in the bed like this. Like, I can't wait for somebody to come here so I can tell them what happened. Because, see, we have issues. Issues is an unsettled matter. You don't understand, Elder D? Yeah, I do. Because I know what it's like to live in pain and be suicidal and, thank God, not homicidal. Oh, because I know how to do that, right? <laughs> 20 years in the Marine Corps. They ain't teach me nothing else. I know how to do that. And I know what it's like on this side. Do you think Christ was only looking at the pain of the cross, or do you think he was looking at the victory beyond it? So you have to come to the understanding that life is going to happen, but how you live this life is up to you. How you respond is up to you. Because your lineage depends on it. If you don't have no kids yet, good. Then get all your baggage and your unsettled issues fixed so you don't pass on that nonsense to your children. Because when you don't and you make choices based off your pain, I raised my son without his father because I was selfish. And you want to know when I realized what I'd done? Well, he was looking at me from five inches of glass with an orange jumpsuit on with shackles on his hands and his feet. Because I raised him without his father. And I kept it from him. You pregnant? Nope. I was on the left coast. You don't see me. See, we ain't had a phone back then. We wasn't taking pictures back then. My mom keeps saying she having it because he kept getting sick. And I was having really bad morning sickness, and he was getting sick. And his mom kept saying, who pregnant? He was like, I don't know. He was like, you know anybody pregnant? Nope. Sure don't. My pain was also my shield. And my excuse to do everything I was big and bad enough to do. Don't let these women out here tell you giving your body to anybody and everybody is the thing to do. What nonsense. Back in the day when you was a garden tool, you kept it under wraps. Okay, this side, y'all caught up? Y'all know what I'm talking about? This side just got it. I have respect for myself. No, you don't. Been there, done that. Unresolved issues. Daddy issues, molestation issues, whatever. The secret place. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. See this right here? This one in the 13 series on the Holy Spirit? You need to get that. Uncommon belief. All right, y'all. My favorite. Power of the seed. So you'll understand when we ask you to sow into your man and woman of God, you'll know why. They don't need your money. It's not about them. It's about you. Don't worry about what they drive, because if you could have one, you'd get it. If you listen to their testimony and they tell you all the trials and tribulations they went through with their finances and how they got there, you can do the same thing. And while I'm here, stop praying about a six-figure job, and you don't want to do six-figure work. 
Because here's the other thing. Stop asking, because see, here's what I know. You can't have handouts and have that kind of salary. So you have to pick and choose what you want. If you keep wanting them handouts, that's on you. Wish I could have got one. But you can't have it both ways, because once you reach a certain level, that's not open to you. Stimulus checks, because they want you to stimulate the economy. See, people that learn to be a good steward, we're going to sow it into the kingdom of God, and we're going to put it in some kind of account that, that accrues interest. <laughs> I wasn't taught how to manage money. I've had them 21% loans. I've had cars repossessed, been there, done that. Aren't you tired of that? Learn the difference between a job and a career. A job pays you, a career pays you, but a career got benefits. You trying to work till you 75? Then what's your plan? I remember the very day that God delivered me to a point where I didn't rely on my pain. It wasn't my normal anymore. And I almost had an anxiety attack because I had relied on my pain and it had become such my norm. I didn't know anything else but pain and abuse. So, of course, I'm going to get in relationships with knuckleheads that are going to put their hands on me because that was my norm. So, of course, I'm going to choose that kind of person. Why are you letting that man put his hands on you? Well, my, that's how I grew up. Stop doing things long enough for God to show you who you really are. You'll stop giving it up when God shows you it's a privilege to have you. See, because in the church, we make the mistake of attacking the sin instead of attacking the heart. Because the people I was with, they was attacking the sin because that's what you see and that's what you think you know. To the point that you was, they was driving by my house unannounced to catch this guy at my house. He was there. I'm just being honest. But they were attacking the sin instead of telling me my worth. Instead of telling me it's a privilege to have me. Because I was young in, in Christ, you can't tell me he's a keeper. That, I don't know what that means. He's a keeper. And then when I didn't respond the way they wanted me to, they turned their backs on me. So church hurt is not an excuse. So when you tell me I don't go to church for a church hurt, this is, what, this is my response. That's your reasoning for leaving. What's your excuse for staying out? You think you're the only one been hurt? Please. You think they don't been hurt? They have. Hurt by some of us. But they still here. When you come back, they still love on you. They don't say, where you been? All that kind of stuff. Okay, let's talk about born again because I want to show you this image. Not yet, me. Nobody, if somebody promised you and told you getting born again was easy and, it, and that it was going to be all um, flowers and sunshine, I'm sorry they lied to you. So there was a point in my life when I was growing in God and I couldn't put a word on how I was feeling. I was growing and he was purging, but it hurt until I saw this statue. That's how I felt. This statue is called Born Again. And I've only seen one in person. But see that struggle right there? But you see the grime and the dirt at the bottom and the clear at the top? That's how I felt. But it'll be great and perfect. Not so much in the by and by. But that right there is how I felt when God was removing things from me. 
The other thing is, I went to the altar one time. I was somewhere else, and um, I was feeling sorrowful or something, and this is what the Lord said to me. He said, today is the last day you cry tears of sorrow on this altar. And I began to laugh uncontrollably. And I put my hand over my face because, I, because you know, people, if they don't know what's going on, they would not know what, how God was dealing with me. So let's talk about a trial. A trial is a test of faith, patience, stamina, through sub, um, subjection to suffering and temptation. My definition, it's a test of your growth. How do you measure your growth? What's your measure? So when things come up, do you pass that test again? Or you be like, mm, been there, done that. We ain't doing that. Enemy, go away. People talking about me, go away. That spirit is just in a different, a different vessel. Some stuff you don't need to be bothered with. It doesn't want your attention. Why are we having crazy conversations with people that don't know God? Because I got one of them on my job. He picks on Christians, or he used to. And he tried that with me one day. He ain't tried it again. Because he made a joke, he made a something about Easter, you know, in that, how was your day yesterday? And I was like, it was fine. He was like, isn't that y'all big day? I said, no, I celebrate Christ every day I open my eyes. I don't need Easter. I mean, we acknowledge him that day. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but that's not what he was saying. Well, can't you forgive without being a Christian? You can do whatever you want without being a Christian. Why are you talking to me? Because you can't shake my faith. Because I've been through too much and got over too much. But I'm not having this dumb conversation with you. Singles, let me help you while I'm here. I'm watching these people online, and I'm telling the elders today, I'm going to be single forever. Why are you arguing? Why are these people arguing about what you bring to the table? Now, the connotation of that has changed. It used to be, okay, this is what I have. This is my credit score. This is what I have in savings. This is what, because we're about to build a life together. Not, I can do everything you can do. What you going to do for me? What do you bring to the table? You know what my answer is? I own the table. Now what? I said, oh, my God, if this is how the single thing is, not happening for me. Why are you arguing? Men, these ladies, they look good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So these men are up here complaining about how they don't cook, they don't clean. They want you to pay for everything. I don't have no sympathy for you because that's what you went after. And clearly you didn't have no conversation. Because let me tell you about the bedroom. It might be good in the beginning, but when you don't like that person, that's non-existent. So don't you rely on that. You better pay attention in the singles ministry and get prepared now. See, my nephews, they didn't heard all this because I get them all the time. Come on, dude, you single. You going to live in your mama house forever? Do you know what you can afford? All these parade of homes around here, you better go in them. Because what you think you want and the way them people do them houses, mm, it change your whole mind, mess your life up. But do you even know what you can afford? Do you even know what's out there? You should have been at the finance class so you can talk to the people to show you how to be a first-time buyer and the benefits to that and the programs for that. Stop Netflixing and chilling and have a conversation. So Deacon Savon and I gave our, the singles when we was doing it, this document, 101 plus questions to ask. And I remember when the singles said, well, this is like an interview, yeah. Because you got to have these conversations. You got to know their medical history. You got to know if they say for real. Because there's nothing worse than marrying somebody that you met in church and, they, and you argue every time you go to church and when you come home and when you serve. 
Yeah, I got that t-shirt. That thing burnt up. Number, look, number 112 was Mac or PC. Okay, I don't have no problem with the rest of y'all, but this is my point. If I'm dating somebody and he think he going to upgrade me, right, and he gets me an Android or the whatever, the newest thing on that side, okay? <laughs> but listen to this. If he, if he says he's going to upgrade me and he give it to me and I don't accept it, that would make me what? Ungrateful. So let me help you beforehand. I didn't say it. They're not paying me. They got enough of my money. But a misunderstanding can be that simple. It's like my niece I always tell y'all about. You knew he's a mama's boy and that he didn't pick up after himself when you married him. So why are you complaining now? So you thought when he got married, that was going to change? So what you're going to do is when he dropped the clothes, honey, is you're going to pick it up and put it where it need to be. Until he learns, but right now he ain't learning that. But you knew that when you married him. So why are you at my house crying? Don't come to my, I'm not saying don't come to my house. I'm just saying. <laughs> just know what you're getting when you come. First Peter 1, 6, and 7 says, oops, am I old? I'm sorry. Okay. First Peter 1, 6, and 7, it was the New, New Living Translation. Look it up. Tribulation is distress or suffering resulting from opposition or persecution. Okay, the word says in 2 Timothy 3 and 12 that you're going to suffer persecution for his sake. So stop tripping. When it comes, because the word already says it's going to handle. So how are you going to handle that? Identify your issues. Study to show yourself approved. Rightly dividing the word. You shouldn't be reading about love when you need healing. Get a real simple concordance or a real good study Bible that helps you with those things. Understand your trials and learn that how to deal with persecution because it's going to come. I found three different things that I thought was interesting about what life was referred to in the word. It's referred to a flower that springs up, withers away, and dies in the shadow. From Pastor AJ's series, we learned that life is but a vapor, right? And also, it's a pilgrimage or a journey. Learn how to love the journey that, it, that you are on. Allow God to show you who you are, whose you are, and what you're supposed to be doing while you're in this earth. Pastor also talked about to stop procrastinating. Because you've been through 60-day leader or you're not and you need to. Because we got things to do. We the, we the city's church. And everybody needs to be engaged. What I found out when I first came to God for real and I was serving, serving helped me grow. It's also changed my environment. It also changed the people I was hanging around with. Don't worry about them people that don't invite you to the barbecue because they smoking and drinking. Because you know what that shows them? Real change. That shows them transformation. Or it shows or you make them nervous because they know they should be doing the same thing. Romans 12, 1 and 2, the Message Bible. I'm going to read the first part. The second part, I'm sorry. Number two. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you to its level of immaturity, 
God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Because where your mind is, your life will follow. The, dark, the world is getting real dark right now. So have you not noticed the number of Christian bookstores that don't exist anymore? And then when you go to the regular bookstore, the Christian section shrinks all the time. Get yourself a Bible. Because what the Lord showed me is um, if you rely on these devices, and I'm not saying you can't have electronics because we all have them. But what are you going to do when they remove the Bible and you totally rely on your electronics? How are you going to get the word then? Because sometimes grandma or grandpa ain't going to be there to do that prayer for you because they already taken us there. Get them CDs. Get yourself a CD player. I was talking to a, old, a younger guy, and he told me my morals was old school. Is it? Morals is old school. Ethics is old school. Work ethics is old school. Really? What you want? And how is morality old school? Because they're showing them they can do anything, show anything. Be careful with your eye gates and your ear gates. Because they'll become your self-esteem if you let it. Because you'll think nobody will want you unless you got that butt lift. They not going to want me unless I got that double D. You can't let them. You can't let that voice be louder than God's in your life. It's a tool. But when you hear something so often that it becomes, when a lie becomes the truth, that's a problem. Say prove it, Elder. Okay. Every Republican is not white. Every Republican is not racist. And every black conservative is not a sellout. But what are they telling you? Imagine if we had enough Christians on both sides where we can affect some real change. But we too busy fighting about what color the freaking sky is. We can't agree on nothing right now. Praise team, choir, what? Are we praising the Lord? What, why do you care? Because that showed me you don't have no relationship with God. Is All you got to talk about is whether we have a choir or not. Because what's missing for that, from that conversation is respect. Because I went to a conference and this guy said, people don't listen to hear. They listen to respond. So when I made that comment, this young lady wanted to argue with me. I said, stop. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Well, you're going to tell me who to respect. I'm not going to respect that person. I said, that's not even what I said. Respect their right to do so. You got to respect the person. That's their choice. Respect that. Because there's an attack on us. But what God wants for you is victory, a triumphant life, so you can show the world that he's real. So you need to seek him truly, digitally, and authentically. Because you have a purpose and an assignment on your life. You heard Pastor AJ say, stop procrastinating. And I'm going to close with this. Can you put the quote up? And it says, procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another chance to do tomorrow what he gave you the chance to do today. So don't take your purpose to your grave. Stop living a broken, defeated, and hopeless life because no one can do it for you. Three times I have offered three people to go, that they can go to the resource center every month and I will pay for everything that they buy. Everything they want, I'll pay for it for a whole year. Ask me how many took me up on it. 
Not one. I can't want it more for you. You can't complain about money because God will bless you. If you say, Lord, I don't have a resource, and he'll send somebody. But don't let your pride get in the way of somebody that has the ability and the heart to bless you. Life is going to happen whether you like it or not. How it happens to you is your choice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give El Don a hand clap of praise. Thank you so much for listening today. If this message encouraged you, imagine what it could do for someone else. Here at KL, we believe in reaching the one. And you can partner with us in that endeavor by sharing this.